The Alta Scientist, a scientific journal by Alta Sciences, a different kind of CRO and CDMO. Issue 3. In this issue, Human Abuse Potential Studies and the Importance of an Expert Drug Development Solution Partner in Human Abuse Potential Evaluation. Section 1. The FDA takes steps to limit the misuse and abuse of prescription drugs. Prescription drugs, including opioid analgesics, are an important component of modern pain management. However, their tendency to produce euphoria in addition to pain relief allows for misuse and abuse, which can lead to addiction, overdose, and death. Misinformation about the addictive properties of such medications and the perception that prescription drugs are less harmful than illicit drugs are additional contributors to the problem. The FDA has undertaken efforts to help clinicians manage this widespread issue by instating guidelines to better understand the abuse potential of new drugs and ensure drugs currently on the market are less likely to be abused through the use of abuse deterrent formulations. The 2017 FDA guidance, Assessment of Abuse Potential of Drugs, states that a broad range of CNS drugs require human abuse potential, or HAP studies, also known as human abuse liability studies, to evaluate the abuse liability of drugs in development and to determine the relative risk of abuse before a drug comes to market. HAP studies are clinical pharmacology studies and play a key role in the overall abuse potential assessment of a new chemical entity or of a marketed drug if the route of administration is being changed in a manner that may affect its abuse potential. This assessment involves a comprehensive analysis of chemistry, pharmacology, clinical data, and the public health risk associated with the drug. It is conducted on drugs that affect the central nervous system, also known as CNS, that are chemically or pharmacologically similar to other drugs with known abuse potential or that produce psychoactive effects, such as sedation or euphoria. HAP studies are also conducted as proof-of-concept studies to evaluate novel drug formulations that are developed with properties to deter abuse. Sponsors are encouraged to proactively interact with the FDA and the controlled substance staff when conducting such studies by submitting protocols for review, often by the end of Phase 2, to obtain advice on design and safety issues before beginning the study. The controlled substance staff evaluates the investigational new drug, or IND, information relating to abuse and dependence potential as determined in clinical studies. This includes evaluating the methodology and data from both preclinical and clinical studies. From this information, the controlled substance staff determines whether the IND requires additional preclinical or clinical studies designed to address questions about the abuse potential of the drug. Alta Sciences recognized experts help clients collate relevant data to determine if such studies are needed or can be waived. Abuse potential evaluation is also required to evaluate novel formulations designed to specifically reduce or deter abuse of a drug. According to the National Center for Drug Abuse Statistics, 16 million or 6% of Americans over the age of 12 abuse prescription drugs every year. In addition, many individuals misuse their prescription medications by tampering with the formulation. The FDA has worked to address this problem by encouraging the development of abuse deterrent formulations for opioids and other drugs that are associated with a high risk of abuse. These products are formulated with properties that are expected to meaningfully deter certain types of abuse and or make abuse more difficult or less rewarding. This allows patients who are in chronic pain to have appropriate access to drugs, such as opioid analgesics, with significantly less risk of abuse through unintended routes, such as intranasal insufflation or injection. 
there are five different types of abuse deterrent formulations. Physical chemical barriers may prevent chewing, crushing, cutting, grating, and grinding. Agonist-antagonist combinations are added to release upon manipulation and possibly interfere, reduce, or defeat euphoria associated with abuse. Aversion effects are added substances that produce unpleasant effects upon manipulation or if taken at higher doses. For example, a nasal irritant. Delivery systems, such as drug release designs or methods of drug delivery, can also offer resistance to abuse. For example, sustained release depots. And finally, new molecular entities and prodrugs. This is when different receptor binding profiles lack opioid activity until transformed in the gastrointestinal tract or prevent oral overdose by novel means. The objective of abuse deterrent formulation trials is to assess the ability of the new formulation to be tampered with and abused by crushing or dissolving traditional medications for the purpose of chewing, snorting, smoking, or injecting the drug to increase exposure and rate of onset, resulting in a more potent high. One potentially important step toward the goal of creating safer opioid analgesics, for example, has been the development of opioid drug products with abuse deterrent formulations. The FDA's two guidances for the industry, abuse deterrent opioids, evaluation and labeling, and general principles for evaluating the abuse deterrence of generic solid oral opioid drug products, are excellent resources to assist manufacturers who plan to develop and submit an abbreviated new drug application, or ANDA. To seek approval of a generic version of a solid oral opioid drug product that references an opioid drug with abuse deterrent properties described in its labeling. They recommend studies, including comparative in vitro and pharmacokinetic studies, that the potential ANDA applicant should conduct and submit to the FDA to demonstrate that a generic solid oral opioid drug product has the same abuse liability as its reference listed drug with respect to all potential routes of abuse. The results of such studies help the FDA and the sponsor determine risk management strategies to mitigate risks and help in the determination of the product schedule. In addition, the extended release and long-acting opioid analgesics risk evaluation and mitigation strategy is a program required by the FDA for all manufacturers of these types of drugs. The goal of the extended release, long-acting risk evaluation and mitigation strategy is to reduce serious adverse outcomes of inappropriate prescribing, misuse, and abuse of extended release or long-acting opioid analgesics while maintaining patient access to pain medication. Under the Controlled Substances Act in the United States, drugs that have the potential to be abused are scheduled into one of five classes or schedules as controlled substances. In the classification, the higher the number of the schedule, the lower the abuse potential of the drug, and the less restrictive the conditions regarding its distribution, storage, and prescribing. Before we continue, let's look at the definition of drug schedules, along with some examples for each. Schedule 1 drugs have a high potential for abuse, such as heroin, LSD, cannabis, and psilocybin. These are currently restricted to research in the U.S., meaning that they are not approved for medical use. Schedule 2 drugs have a high potential for abuse, with use potentially leading to severe psychological or physical dependence. Examples of Schedule 2 drugs include methadone, methamphetamine, oxycodone, fentanyl, Adderall, and Ritalin. 
Schedule three drugs are determined to have a moderate to low potential for physical and psychological dependence in comparison to drugs labeled Schedule one and two. For example, products containing less than 90 milligrams of codeine per dosage unit, like Tylenol with codeine, ketamine, anabolic steroids, and testosterone. Schedule four drugs have a low potential for abuse and low risk of dependence, such as Xanax, Valium, Ambien, Soma, and Darvon. Schedule five drugs have the lowest potential for abuse and consist of preparations containing limited quantities of certain narcotics. Schedule five drugs are generally used for antidiarrheal, antitussive, and analgesic purposes. Examples of Schedule five drugs include cough preparations with less than 200 milligrams of codeine per 100 milliliters, like Robitussin AC, Lomotil, Modafin, Lyrica, and Parapectolin. Section two, Alta Science's Human Abuse Potential Study Services. Alta Science's full-service capabilities provide a comprehensive solution in support of HAP studies for new chemical entities or abuse deterrent formulations. We have conducted close to 50 HAP and substance abuse studies in both the U.S. and Canada. Our research includes studies for stimulants, opioids, cannabinoids, nicotine, and sedative hypnotics. In order to deal with the specific needs of the subject populations involved in HAP studies, we have designed and built clinical pharmacology units that allow for reconfigurable and adaptable space, including a 30-bed, locked, limited-access, self-contained unit incorporated into the overall footprint of a 140-bed general population research campus, the perfect size and scale to conduct a single clinical trial, especially when managing critical endpoints, monitoring adverse events, and performing complex medical procedures. It allows sponsors to control every aspect of the study environment as it relates to the special needs of the unique study population or the specific requirements of the protocol. Our facilities are also ideally suited for studies on addiction behavior, including assessments for craving and withdrawal, abuse liability, and the pharmacokinetic analysis of the drugs being studied. Our clinical research pharmacists have specialized abuse deterrent preparation and manipulation training, as well as vast experience in formulating and dosing via all routes of administration, including oral, sublingual, intranasal, and parenteral. Their capabilities also include handling and storage of controlled substances, over-encapsulation, manipulation, and usability processing of abuse deterrent oral dosage forms, and the blinding of referenced and comparator products. We work with clients who are developing CNS compounds to incorporate critical regulatory decisions and requirements as early as possible into their clinical development programs. Our proactive approach and frequent communication with regulatory agencies keeps us updated on the latest requirements and allow us to effectively advise our clients on their study design and conduct, as well as all matters pertaining to guidances and regulations on abuse potential. Our regulatory team is experienced with IRB requirements for HAP trial approvals, and our various regulatory consulting strategies can provide guidance from the in vitro stage of abuse deterrent formulations through the post-approval process and pharmacovigilance monitoring. Section 3. Our Study Design and Protocol As per the FDA's guidance, Alta Science's HAP studies are conducted with participants who have experience with recreational drug use in the same pharmaceutical class as the new chemical entity, or with drugs with similar psychoactive properties. These types of participants are enrolled because they are better able to identify subtle differences in the drug effects 
that are known to be relevant to abuse assessment, such as likability and euphoric effects. Our inclusion-exclusion criteria for HAP trials also allow cigarette smokers, because many recreational drug users are smokers, and excludes individuals with a history of substance or alcohol dependence. AltaScience's robust database of participants, both recreational drug users and substance abusers, has made rapid enrollment and retention some of our greatest strengths. We are able to overcome recruitment challenges, which is one of the major obstacles for studies of this nature, due to the unique patient populations and confinement periods. The medical oversight for these trials is particularly intense, as the protocols are assessment-heavy and all participants are required to be seen by investigator each day they are in-house, even if no assessments are being performed, simply to ensure patient safety and quickly identify adverse events. Data is collected by measuring subjective effects, using visual analog scales or other measures, by looking at physiological effects such as pupillometry and through the evaluation of safety and pharmacokinetics. Measures include ratings of liking, at the moment and overall, and other participant-rated effects, such as the disposition to take the drug again, drug similarity, price value assessment, as well as other behavioral and cognitive assessments, and changes in mood states. Abuse potential studies are assessed by comparing responses to the test drug to those of a placebo and to those of a positive control. Adverse events, particularly abuse-related adverse events of special interest, are collected throughout the trial and provide important information about abuse potential of the test drug in comparison to the positive control and placebo. Sponsors benefit from our in-house team of recognized experts in abuse potential evaluation. We have a psychiatrist and clinical psychologist who are trained at facilitating the administration and evaluation of various CNS compounds, including psychedelics. Our team of experts is highly versed in the unique attributes of CNS active drugs and the regulatory requirements for successful drug approvals, including eight-factor analysis as required by the FDA. Psychedelics have become increasingly of interest for development in the treatment of severe psychiatric illnesses and mental health disorders, and our experts will help guide a clinical development strategy that enables comprehensive evaluation of safety and pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic drug profiles. Our team of internationally recognized experts in the fields of pharmacology, abuse and addiction, drug development, and regulatory can provide the integral support to build your target product profile and clinical development plan to ensure that comprehensive studies and data are collected early in drug development to help support regulatory milestones and key meetings with the FDA. Ensuring appropriate data collection will help determine whether dedicated studies evaluating QT prolongation, abuse potential, driving impairment, and other studies will be required or may be waived by regulators. Our team will help strategically evaluate your program to ensure efficiency and timely decision-making for drug development and drug approval. Section 4. Tips of Designing a HAP Study As mentioned, the objective of a HAP study is to provide information on the relative abuse potential of a new drug in humans, compared with a placebo and an active comparator, or controlled substance. The protocol preparation can take between two to three weeks and is usually initiated in phase two clinical trials. The FDA initiate review following the end of a phase two meeting. What follows is a summary of design considerations for your HAP study. 
your study should have between 25 to 50 subjects. The primary inclusion criteria should be subjects that have experience with recreational drug use in the same pharmaceutical class or with using drugs with similar psychoactive properties. The primary exclusion criteria, on the other hand, should be subjects that have substance dependence or are in treatment for substance disorders. Depending on protocol requirements, nicotine and marijuana users may be considered for inclusion. In the qualification phase, doses will be based on literature, which will show the selected dose was previously associated with a positive response in recreational users. Typically, the dose is the same that will be administered in the treatment phase if it is only one dose, or a mid-range dose if administering two doses of the active control. In the treatment phase, typically two to three doses of the test drug are selected, ranging from a therapeutic dose to a supra-therapeutic dose. For the positive control, typically two to three doses are selected, high or supra-therapeutic. They should have measurable abuse potential previously shown, should be of the same class as the drug being studied, and should have known effects of the parameters of abuse potential that are being investigated. Your HAP study primary endpoints should be drug liking and drug high assessments, but other important endpoints could include good effects, bad effects, overall drug liking, take drug again, class-specific effects, such as alertness and drowsiness visual analog scales, as well as other cognitive assessments, such as choice reaction time. Section 5. Case Study Abuse Potential Assessment of the New Dural Oryxin Receptor Antagonist, DORA, Deridorexant, in Recreational Sedative Drug Users as Compared to Suvaregzant and Zolpidem. The high prevalence of insomnia, together with the shortcomings of existing therapies, highlight a major unmet clinical need for safe, effective, and well-tolerated pharmacological treatments of insomnia or related symptoms. To this end, the orexin receptor has evolved as a promising druggable target for development of sleep-promoting agents with a presumably more favorable benefit-risk profile. In contrast to benzodiazepines, or non-BZRAs, DORAs appear essentially devoid of withdrawal effects as reflected in the U.S. labeling information of the approved DORAs, Suvorexant, and Lemborexant. Deridorexant is a new, selective, and potent competitive antagonist of the Orexin-1 and Orexin-2 receptor, currently in late-stage clinical development. In healthy participants, favorable pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic properties, including quick absorption and elimination, have been determined to lead to absence of next-morning residual effects. In Phase 2, Deridorexant demonstrated dose-dependent efficacy in adult and elderly patients with insomnia. Following treatment cessation, no withdrawal effects were detected based on the benzodiazepine withdrawal symptom questionnaire after a 30-day treatment period. Alta Sciences conducted a randomized, double-blind, double-dummy, placebo and active-controlled HAP study in recreational sedative drug users, comparing drug liking and other abuse-related parameters with those of placebo and two positive controlled drugs, namely Suvorexant and Zolpidem. Healthy male and female participants, aged 18 to 55 years, with a body mass index of 18 to 33 kilograms per square meter, were enrolled. Each participant had to be a recreational user of sedatives, 
defined as at least 10 lifetime occasions of using CNS depressants. Some key study-specific exclusion criteria included a positive urine drug screen at admittance, except for cannabinoids, and a history of presence of substance or alcohol dependence, any treatment of substance or alcohol-related disorders, or prior participation in a substance or alcohol dependence rehabilitation program. The core phase of this study had a six-period crossover design. In each period, a single oral dose of either deridorexant 50, 100, or 150 milligrams, suvorexant 150 milligrams, zolpidem 30 milligrams, or placebo was administered in the morning. The treatment sequence was randomized, applying a 6x6 Williams square design to mitigate potential first-order carryover effects. Each dosing occurred in the morning under fasted conditions, followed by computerized pharmacodynamic assessments up to 24 hours post each dosing and applying a washout period of greater than or equal to 72 hours. Participants remained domiciled for the entire duration of the core phase, meaning until at least 24 hours after last dosing and returned for an end-of-study visit 72 hours or more after last dosing. The primary pharmacodynamic endpoint was the maximal effect of the bipolar at-the-moment drug-liking visual analog scale, ranging from zero, maximum disliking, to 100 points, maximum liking. The drug-liking visual analog scale was assessed at 0 0.25, 0 0.5, 1, 1 1.5, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 12, and 24 hours post-dosing. Several secondary pharmacodynamic endpoints were collected. The balance of positive and negative effects was assessed based on bipolar and unipolar scales. Perceptual, psychedelic, and any effects were assessed based on the unipolar baudal visual analog scale and any effects visual analog scale, respectively. Sedative effects were measured based on the bipolar alertness drowsiness visual analog scale and the observer's assessment of alertness sedation. The drug similarity visual analog scale was determined at 12 hours post each dosing to assess how similar the perceived effects were compared to drugs or drug classes previously used by the study participants for recreational purposes. Objective cognitive function tests were also applied at 0 0.5, 1, 2, 4, and 8 hours post-dosing using the validated Cambridge Cognition Cognitive Assessment Software. For the pharmacokinetic assessments, blood samples were taken pre-dose and at 0 0.25, 0 0.5, 1, 1 1.5, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 12, and 24 hours post-dosing. Plasma was stored at minus 70 degrees Celsius and protected from light. Concentrations of deridorexant were determined using a validated liquid chromatography tandem mass spectrometry assay with a lower limit of quantification of 0.5 nanograms per milliliter. Safety and tolerability were monitored based on repeated assessments of adverse events, vital signs, clinical laboratory, 12-lead ECG, and Columbia Suicide Severity Rating Scale data until 24 hours post-dosing and at the end-of-study visit. Overall, in this large, valid human abuse potential study, 
Deridorixin showed dose-related drug liking among recreational sedative drug users with lower effects at the highest phase 3 dose and similar effects at higher doses compared to the supra-therapeutic doses of suvorixant and zolpidem. Section 6. Pioneering Ongoing Research To protect the public's health, the FDA has prioritized the evaluation of how drugs that are already on the market are used, both for legitimate purposes and misuse and abuse. Consequently, more research is required to identify factors that predispose some patients to addiction and to develop measures to prevent abuse. In support of this mandate, Alta Sciences continues to conduct research on HAP studies for new chemical entities or abuse deterrent formulations to broaden the understanding of the abuse potential of certain classes of drugs. As a testament to our knowledge and quality in the conduct of HAP studies, Alta Sciences was awarded a five-year, $9.5 million contract with the National Institute on Drug Abuse, also known as NIDA, to conduct clinical pharmacology studies to support the development of new medications for the treatment of substance abuse disorders. This contract further confirms the existing relationships we have with regulatory agencies, having previously been awarded approximately $10 million for a multi-year contract with NIDA from 2012 to 2017, a $5 million five-year contract with the FDA's Center for Drug Evaluation and Research to conduct bioequivalent studies in innovator and generic drugs, and a contract in 2015 with the FDA's Office of Generic Drugs to conduct a clinical pharmacology and pharmacokinetic study of opioids manipulated via milling procedures. That brings us to the end of Issue 3 of the Alta Scientist, Human Abuse Potential Studies. We hope you enjoyed this audio recording. Join us again next time as we dive deeper into more critical processes in early phase drug development. You can also write to us at contact at altasciences.com or visit altasciences.com to learn more about what makes Alta Sciences a different kind of CRO and CDMO. Alta Sciences is an integrated drug development solution company offering pharmaceutical and biotechnology companies a proven, flexible approach to preclinical and clinical pharmacology studies, including formulation, manufacturing, and analytical services. For over 25 years, Alta Sciences has been partnering with sponsors to help support educated, faster, and more complete early drug development decisions. Alta Sciences integrated full-service solutions include preclinical safety testing, clinical pharmacology and proof of concept, bioanalysis, program management, medical writing, biostatistics, clinical monitoring, and data management, all customizable to specific sponsor requirements. Alta Sciences helps sponsors get better drugs to the people who need them faster.